sitting home and chilling now hopefully everyone's bags are going up it's a good thing we'll kind of wait for the main topic here for a minute just because um let's see what's been going on this weekend here i haven't paid too much attention except to zephyr kind of picking up um all right so let's see here anything it's like quite a few coins all coin space are flat oh fetch finally decided to catch up um I was kind of skeptical of it, but it did. It's retesting its prior um, high, and it'll probably break out here. Um, I don't know. It looks pretty good. Fetch will probably run to its uh, probably run to its previous high at a dollar twenty to seventy seven right now. Had a full sort of like breakout from a bull flag kind of shocked actually um it's kind of a stupid chain it doesn't really serve any purpose really except have it's like ai meme chain essentially but um for whatever reason it's pumping yet again so it's got some fans um i kind of moved whatever my fetch gains were into zephyr and to chain link just because i wasn't so sure it was going to run again but i was wrong uh so if you want to play the breakout for fetch that's fet um it's basically just retesting now it's prior high odds of it breaking i would say are about 80 percent uh like breaking out of this level and retesting its prior high at a dollar twenty why am i so bullish it's because like well number one uh btc and eth and everything else is bullish and um clearly with the early part of a bull market and um it has already done a pullback from let's see it was like 79 cents dropped down to about 50 cents pretty good pullback in this most recent sort of altcoin pullback and to have such strength where it's back to retesting its local top odds of a break here are very high now playing breakouts can be kind of iffy um there are definitely things that look like they're going to break out and you think for almost sure that they will and then they don't um so always play with caution here but a small bag of fetch to ride up is probably not a bad play here given the relative strength um retesting its uh most recent local top which was about at 79 cents and it's at 77 at the moment so that's an easy one to pick up. It's available on lots of exchanges, including like Coinbase and whatnot. So if you don't have that, you want to play that game, go right ahead. Um, what else here? Um, XMR pulled back to like 120. Um, on the timeline, some of the guys are like, you know, irritating the XMR folks. I don't think that's a good thing. 
like claiming that XMR is dead and like Zephyr is going to go up is probably not a good move. It's better to sort of like uh, get people who are existing in XMR to gamble on Zeph, which is a much smaller market cap, than it is to fuck with them and irritate them. Because really, like the XMR people realistically have been around as really like serious crypto people for a long fucking time. So, like, uh, messing with some of the most hardcore people in crypto and, um, you know, irritating them and fighting their bags or whatever the fuck else is not a good idea. Um, it doesn't really help uh, the Zephyr cause at all. So I suggest not doing that. Um, like pitch them the benefits of using it that we're going to have like XMR and Zeph on, on, you know, Zephyr swap and all this stuff. And that it's like, you know, it's like the handshake emoji where everyone, everyone's happy and no tribalism. I don't think it helps at all to sort of like, because you don't want really comparisons to XMR anyway, because XMR had its issues with delisting from um, delisting from uh, Binance, and you know, then the same argument can be made with Zephyr. It's like, hey, are they going to delist Zephyr from you know different platforms at some point in the future? And we don't really want to have that debate at all. You know, like <laughs> who wants to flood your own bags regarding these stupid shit? So, um, you know, the the yeah, I think play nice on the timeline is probably a good idea. There's no need to try to be competitors to XMR since the exact same people who would like Zeph as who would like XMR now. Um, and that kind of brings us to like, and we'll, what the title of the space today is kind of to cover like trading strategy. Like what do you do with your Zephyr when it goes up and how we're going to play this? Because there's, there's some pretty good ways to, there's some things you have to understand about the Zephyr, um, kind of the, the trading mechanism within your wallet. Uh, if you do not have the Zephyr wallet, um, I would definitely get it. You're going to need it and you're going to need your coins in that wallet to do cool shit with it. So I would definitely move. Um, and we'll talk about how, what, the, what type of different strategies are available using, um, that system. But, um, if you don't understand that system, you're going to miss out on a lot of the benefits of it. Um, and, um, one is the obvious privacy conversion to ZSD and such, but we'll get into that um, in detail here in a little bit. Maybe like retweet the space and stuff, tag some Zephyr people and um, like get some audience in here. Um, <laughs> it's like social consensus. You don't get a bunch of people in these rooms when the number go up. Um, you like the next pump won't be as big and the next group of users um, is going to be smaller. So you always want to have like more users showing up, adopting these things. So. Uh, send out some messages, get some folks to join up and I'll kind of reserve the main topic for a little bit. Um, okay. <clears throat> Anything else? Uh, let me see here that's going on. Um, yeah. Fetch is kind of running a little bit. Akash already sort of like retested. It's um, local uh, fib level of like 365. It's at 343 um, and just, just keeps on running. I don't really know like when it's going to stop, but whatever, it just keeps running. Um, Again, another one that I was kind of a little dubious about going forward just because, like, you know, is there a point where the AI narrative sort of, like, get people get bored of it? Um, but then again, of course, like, AI become front and center again with the open AI Sora um, videos that everyone saw. And um, it ignites people's imagination again. So, you know, anything and everything AI may run again just because of just, you know, recurrent sort of advertising in the space. Um, all right, so let's look at like, uh, so where are we at on both Zephyr chart 
on Bitcoin and the USD pairing. Let's start with the Bitcoin pairing first. So there, um, if you draw Fib extensions for um, the Zeph BTC pairing, um, then the retracement on that pairing was one, two, three Fib levels, maybe three and a half kind of. Um, and now we are retesting and finding support at a Fib level right now as we speak. Um, and then if we break out here, um, you know, the odds of, re you know, going back to prior high are pretty good. Um, usually that last Fib level, you know, Fib retracement before the top usually gets broken. It's just sim simply a matter of time. It's this one that's the where we're at now that tends to be kind of high resistance. And this is also the high volume area for Zephyr. Um, on the Zeph USD chart, there's, it's also, we're also at a Fib level. Um, we're the third um, uh, fib level from the bottom, and there's like one, two, you know, two more resistance levels, and then all-time high. So, um, you know, how much are the people buying Zephyr even watching all this stuff? I don't know. Maybe um, I think Zephyr has probably a more savvy trading audience than the average coin, just because you're talking about a proof-of-work coin. You have to you have to go to the fucking fringes of the earth to buy it. And therefore, you probably are going to have a little bit more trade trade savvy um, users. Um, and pretty much, if you look at sort of volume levels for Zephyr on the USD ch chart, um, this last level, which is basically the twenty three dollar sort of zone, twenty two to twenty three, that's really the la last bit of volume resistance. Um, when you get to about twenty nine thirty, there's a horizontal bar there on the volume profile which would be the last little bit. And there's a fib level there as well. So pretty much that would be the last one. Once you pass 30, um, sky's the limit. I, you know, are we going to have like some God candles here in the next day? It's quite possible. Um, I had sort of bookmarked 90 days, um, 90 days as the time it takes to get from $52 back to 52 bucks. Um, today is February the what? 17th i think yeah 17th and um the 90 day mark for zephyr is at february 21st is it feasible for us to run and get back to literal top in you know the next four days i think so certainly did that last time so last time uh zephyr was at the 23 ish dollar level um, depending on your, where you start counting, we hit all-time high within three or four days. Is that going to happen again? Probably. Um, like there's a little bit of overhead resistance. We're not yet in price discovery, but the probability in a bull market that you're going to retest the all the prior high is, I mean, practically guaranteed unless some disaster happens somewhere. Um, so I think it's um, to me, it's like it's a foregone conclusion that Zephyr will get from twenty-two fifty where it is at the moment back to. Um, 52 bucks and that could be within four or five days that's assuming where did that 90 day come from that was just replicating the caspa run of the previous um year uh caspa is of course now more like a three billion market cap if i'm not mistaken let me look real quick um caspa uh is at let me find that exactly um cas which want to like speak accurately here um, yeah, it's at 3.68 billion market cap, in fact. So it recently ran up um, 
And uh, we were talking previously about Caspa making, you know, getting Zephyr to be closer to three billion. Uh, Caspa went to three billion, pulled back to about two point two billion, and now it's at three point six eight. So this is the kind of like activity that um, I think we should sort of like pitch to crypto Twitter as sort of like the expectation, and pretty much like as many times as you possibly can bring up the attention of like the Caspa chart and how it looks. And um, so Caspa's run was uh, it actually started in around on CoinGecko at least started around May of 2022, and like it had its you know like several impulsive moves along the way. One was then in October, another one was in like November of 2022, and then another one starting in uh, kind of like. February of 23. So Casper has been running for a bit. So, you know, to get to that two to 3 billion market cap, 4 billion almost now, it really took some time. Um, and it's going to be the same thing with Zephyr. Um, if you look at that, it's like July, you know, 2022 to like, I don't know, just imagine uh, getting to July, 2024, it's going to be like a couple of years in the making to get to maybe 5 billion market cap or something like that, right? That's pretty good. So a two-year time frame is reasonable. Uh, Casper ran uh, in a bull market, I'm sorry, bear market, which um, is pretty cool. So that was kind of one of the neat things about um, it becoming like a, a focus of attention during the bear market. Um, it has a market cap of 3.68 million FDV of like, I'm sorry, billion, three, fully diluted valuation of um, 3.681 billion. And I don't know, like it's circulating supply and total supply. Most of it is currently circulating. And it's, um, I think, getting closer to its max supply, which is apparently 28 million. Anyway, uh, not to say that like um, I'm worried about what Casper is doing, except to say that it's a good sort of benchmark for accessible, a successful recent. Uh, legitimate proof of work chain. So I think you could cluster Zephyr with that idea. Uh, that you know the the idea is it's supposed to be a really high utility, high useful uh, store of value type chain with the addition of privacy features, etc. And um, uh, like I, I think it's a good comparator essentially in the recent market for um, you know trying to. Um, What's the right word for trying to kind of like draw parallels in terms of what your expectations should be in terms of growth? Um, simple way to look at these exponential growth charts is that with each um, with each sort of subsequent pump, as it were, the initial pumps with exponential growth curves will always be gigantic. So take Zephyr for example. First run was from like you know, under a dollar somewhere, you know, to, or, or maybe I think it's a buck 80 on Max C, but basically going to about 50 bucks is somewhere in the neighborhood of a 25 to a 50 X, depending on where you're counting it from. Right. And who knows, there might've been some over the counter pricing of the Zephyr token even before that. Um, and of course, like the people that mined it, mined it for minuscule amounts of money. So they essentially, uh, achieved well over a 50 X essentially. Um, so if you think about it, it's not uncommon for proof of work tokens to have something like 100x on their first um, 
first initial impulse, which is why a lot of people go and speculate and buy these coins when they first come out or start mining them when they first come out. Now, the problem with these things when they first come out is they they carry with them so that, that they carry an inherent risk. One, the protocol fails. Um, you know, they have risks like nobody gives a shit about this token and therefore number doesn't go up. All those kinds of like risks are there. Um, you know, the team doesn't execute well or whatever. So it's easy to say, well, I got in, like I threw a million bucks in at 50 cents or whatever, and we made it to 50 bucks or $22. But the number of people that actually do that are probably relatively small. When the first attention pump happens, which would be in in the case of Zephyr, it would be like the October 22nd, you know, pump from, you know, at that time is like a dollar eighty on Mexi up to uh, $51. That would be sort of like the first like serious impulse move that Zephyr has made with, you know, very high multiples, uh, coupled with like serious social media attention, trading, you know, the whole nine yards, you, you get that kind of like, um, sort of like impulse um, mechanics across the entire spectrum. So um, with each of those runs, um, so you're not going to expect it, you know, necessarily another 50 to 100x on this next run. Um, why? Because it's just the nature of these things. As market caps become bigger, it takes more money to move the price up. That's one thing. The second thing is, as um, each subsequent run, there's people that are hodling from the very beginning who now have their bags look absolutely fucking gigantic. Like if you bought, you know, Zephyr at a dollar, you know, and you bought a million bucks worth or something, let's just take some crazy number. And now you're at $22, you know, your, your bag is worth $22 million. You multiply that number by another 10 X and, you know, let's say you're, you're at some obscene number, like, um, you know, $220 million. Okay. Well, like, like realistically, like, um, you know, number one, anyone with that, a really gigantic bag would tend to pull the price down as they sell. So, so the higher it goes, the higher their ridiculous amount becomes something they're going to want to sell. So some distribution has to happen. Some selling is going to have to happen to redistribute those tokens into the hands of a new set of people who are going to accept um, a higher return on, like a return on investment that's at a higher level. But those initial people that rode that pump are going to want to sell some of that coin, which is fine. Want that to happen, so this is why you get like these boom and bust cycles. Or no big deal, um, and you just have to learn how to plan around them. So if you look at Zephyr today, like okay, so let's assume its bottom was at dollar. I'm sorry, ten dollars and um, forty four cents. Let's look at um, like what kind of numbers to expect here. So I'm going to pull up Caspa's chart. Well, you know what, Caspa's chart doesn't go back that far. Um, well, shit. Um, yeah, I don't know where to find a good clean chart of it. But the if you kind of look at, um, let's look at Zephyr. Like, so you're at ten dollars and thirty two cents. The previous run up, let's say the previous run up, the the breakout was at let's say five dollars and eighty two cents from the local top. Um, that's one way to analyze these things. Um, you got um, a run of about seven hundred ninety percent to fifty three dollars, right? Or yeah, fifty-two fifty or something like that. Um, no, actually, I take it back. It was uh, about nine hundred percent increase uh, from the breakout. So one way you could look at it is how high is the coin going to go after a breakout from the prior high, which would be in this case fifty-two dollars. 
Um, is it likely to be the exact same amount as before? Probably not. Um, if last time was, let's say, a thousand percent just for, you know, shits and giggles, let's kind of like reduce that number by half. And let's say we're going to have a 500% um, target. And that would put you at like around $250 Zephyr. Um, and that would be not unreasonable because here's the thing, like the buyer that buys at 52 bucks at the breakout, you know, or how long are they going to hold? Are they going to hold for a 1X, a 2X, a 5X, 10X? What is it going to be? There's going to be different ranges. People are going to sell at different times. But the thing is a, a 5X multiple off the high compared to a 10X multiple last time is rational. You drop the multiple by half. And remember, like the people that are buying today at 2260, they don't give a flying fuck what someone paid a dollar for. They know they're not going to get that shit for a dollar again, right? That's not going to happen. So if I'm buying today, you know, I, I, and I purchased at these levels, by the way, at 22 to $30, I'm expecting an ROI that's much higher than that. So I'm likely going to hold as a result of that. Like who's going to exit now? You got to be a retard or something, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you would, you would almost certainly um, wait for prior high in a bull market. So getting a 5X multiple off the high would be feasible. And then you say to yourself, what is that multiple off the low? So the low was at $10 and something. And if you get to five, you know, $250, that is a like 200, it's like a 2,500% increase off the bottom. So, you know, you can, you can look at these different metrics. You can go to old charts of other chains and things, early coins, and just see how they behave. Um, you know, what is actually rational? Uh, where, where targets can you get? If you would have said to someone, it's rational to go from $1.80 to 52 bucks in a matter of three weeks, some people would be like, hey, you're retarded. Something's going on with you. But that's just how these things move. They move a lot. So you don't want to underestimate how far these are going to go. Like, how do you know? If you're being fearful and selling early, or you're being greedy and you're selling too late, like how do you measure that in your head? And uh, you know what are you going to do about it? So I think like uh, in hundred dollar level is also an interesting thing. Could you see resistance there? Maybe because people have a tendency to think of you know hundred dollars as kind of a magic number. It's like an even number. So you could see like a run from 52 to 100 and then maybe a little bit of pullback. That's possible. There's a FIB level at 102, 141, and 263. So on, this is on the dollar chart off of the most recent retracement. So you can see these kinds of things. Or you might see like price jump up to each of these levels and then have resistance, then go sideways a while, then go up and whatever. Um, so the faster you go up straight up, the more likely you have to do a giant pullback. The, the more you'd go and you go to each level and go sideways, go up and go sideways, you're going to have like less likely to have a mega pullback. For reference for what that looks like, look at Chainlink right now. You're, you're getting to each level, going sideways, each level going sideways. You don't get any real opportunity to buy and lower uh, because, and so you just basically leave all of the um, newbies behind who think they're going to get a big retracement. So that, that can be an interesting chart to play too. Um, you know, but, you know, having said all this, like, thing is, like, what is the actual goal of, you know, deciding these things? Um, oh, and by the way, like, $200 market cap, I believe, is right around half a billion dollar market cap. $200 is half a billion market cap. 400 is about a billion, I believe, something like that. Um, getting to a billion on coins that are at, you know, Zephyr is now currently, what rank is it on the coin market cap? Let's see. Um, going into a bull market, if you're in the top 1,000, 
you're already like winning, number one. Uh, Zephyr is now at 505 at this market cap, 71 million market cap. So the odds it's going to catch a bid in a full bull market is pretty much 100%. Like there's like uh, everything in the top 1,000 typically pumps um, at some point or the other, uh, regardless of what it is. And um, these things, if you're already at 71 million market cap, the odds of hitting a billion are very, very high. So I wouldn't fade that at all. Um, so I'm not even going to touch anything really till I am. In the two hundred to four four hundred dollar uh, Zeph range, that's that's me. You do your thing, you know. Don't go. Oh, he said it's going to go to something and it never did or whatever. You know, fuck that. Like <laughs> I'm just telling you what I'm doing. Um, I, I think two to four hundred dollars is very very rational for typical bull mar market action, assuming that the rest of the market just keep you know running, which I think it probably will. Um, that's my thesis, the bull, the bull thesis of that. And so what am I going to do? Like, what do you do when you reach these levels? That's what I was going to really bring up, which is the title of the space. Um, so like, what are the different things you can do in the ecosystem? Well, one is you can go and take your Zephyr. You can go to a centralized exchange like Mexi or Trade Ogre or whatever, and you can sell some. That's one option. Um, so like, um, if you're in a 10 or 20 X selling a little bit or whatever is fine. Um, even if you intend to ride it up even higher, um, you know, you can, you can kind of play that and maybe buy yourself back some or whatever you want to do. So all the usual trading is fine. So everyone knows how to do that. Um, how do you do that privately though? Let's say you don't want that trade to be known. Then I would probably move to a small exchange, not the one you've used already to send your tether into, but go to a new exchange and play on that one. Um, whether it's trade over, whether it's whatever, uh, and and probably just sign up for a brand new <laughs> account or whatever, so that it's completely um, in the blind. So that's one thing: is maintenance of privacy of this might be a, a goal of yours, uh, and that's one thing to do: is move to a small exchange, convert it to whatever you want, a tether, whatever, and you can spend it too. Like you can send it to Bedali HQ, uh, Bedalia.com, and they have gift cards you can buy. Um, and you can get like several thousand worth of gift cards and different things and just play if you'd like to do that. Another thing you could do is like Travala.com and there's other places you can spend Tether and whatever the fuck else. So that's a consideration. Another consideration is swap to Monero. You can send a bunch of Monero, send Monero to like Mulvad VPN and leave a few years worth of VPN fees on there. So you can kind of spend it off. Um, at Mulvad's really nice. I, I'm liking it. Um, but anyway, um, so there's some different things you can do. Um, with just using a central exchange and you can use one to go private by using a different exchange, I mean, a different account uh, username than you had before. Um, that might be one way to preserve your privacy. Another way to preserve your privacy, of course, is converting Zephyr to ZSD within your wallet. Um, why would you want to do this? Um, I would say if any of you guys are sort of like whale types, uh, you know, if you or even like a modest whale, you have more than 10K worth of uh, Zephyr or something like that, then it's like, well, maybe you don't want to jeep the the chart and kind of, you know, as they say, like, I don't even know what fuck jeep means, by the way. I just learned the lingo from some of the retards on here. Um, but the idea is if you take an illiquid uh, market and you dump a huge amount of Zephyr or any other coin onto that market, you're going to cause a gigantic down candle. All right. And it makes the chart look terrible. So, yeah, Chugs? I'm just going to teach you what the word jeep means because I'm one of those retards, apparently. Okay. So imagine like you run towards me and I throw you in the air. Essentially, you go, mm -hmm. you've been jeeted. It's as simple as that. It's just jeet. Like that. That's it. You just, you get something going flying, essentially. 
I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm just telling so, you that's what it is. Like, it's just, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it means in the context of like dumping on a illiquid chart, causing the. I think it'd be the opposite. Good. It would be the case of like yeeting the chart so it goes up instead of like you know yeets and jeets. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so what you don't want to do is take a huge quantity of Zephyr and you want to dump it on an exchange and cause the price to dump and then uh, one, it might be bad for you because you're going to get a lot of slippage if you sell too much at once and you're going to wind up with, you know, just, you know, loss of funds that way. But see, you're going to have to sell in small quantities no matter what you do. Um, but one of the things you can do here is not use a centralized exchange at all, especially if you're a large wallet. Um, if you're ahead enough, the, the reality is that you're going, if you're, you have a gigantic bag, you're going to lose some money trading it no matter what. You're going to lose some to slippage. You're going to lose some to, um, like, yeah, you're going to cause the chart to drop, and therefore you're going to, you know, have to sell to you, sell again but lower price. So if you're a whale size, what you could do instead is you could convert your Zephyr to ZSD within your wallet. And why would you want to do this? Um, if When you convert from Zephyr to ZSD, it's considered a liability within the system. It's not a trade officially. Um, there has to be enough ZRS in the system. Uh, to allow you to make that trade uh, or conversion, I would say. There is a fee involved, which uh, it's sub 1%, I believe. I don't remember the exact number, but there's a fee. It's relatively expensive to do, but it was done that way to prevent uh, manipulation of the ecosystem. And then there's also the moving average price of Zephyr. So for example, this is a good time to analyze this because we've had a good price move now. So if you go to network.zephyrprotocol.com, you will notice that there are um, so there's a two prices for Zephyr. One is the spot price, which is twenty two dollars and eighty cents, uh, and that probably is obtained from Mexi or somewhere. And then there's the moving average price, which is still only twenty dollars and thirty one cents. So if you were to convert your Zephyr to ZSD right now in your wallet, what would happen here is you would um, you would get the price of Zephyr at twenty dollars and thirty one cents as your conversion rate. You would not get twenty two eighty. So this is the problem if you're having really, really rapid impulsive moves of the of the coin, you're going to lose some of your value to this process. The plus side here is once you have committed to that bit of loss, that's the max slippage essentially. And you know, whatever you lost making that trade, whether it's like you know a dollar worth or dollar fifty worth of Zephyr, then um, you have basically been able to go all the way to ZRS, I'm sorry, ZSD, but you haven't caused any slippage on the chart. So the plus side there is that you don't wreck the chart. And what you can do is you can basically wait in ZSD and you can convert back to Zephyr when you so choose. So it's not that easy to just simply take ZSD, go to an exchange and sell a lot of that either because you don't have that much liquidity with Tether and whatever. So what you can do later on is you could convert back to Zephyr when it's much cheaper. And when the moving average price is sort of like stabilized, you don't get wrecked on the other direction trading. Uh, because you're going to have that same stipulation going back. And yeah, you're going to be plus or minus some loss in, in, in terms of like the, the difference in the moving average price and whatnot. But I think in the net effect, you're going to come out ahead in that the overall chart's going to look much better, especially if you intend to go back to Zephyr. You sure as fuck don't want a fucked up chart that everyone's going to be like, hey, what's going on here? What's this pump and dump? You want to show strength and you want to be able to do that by not showing a lot of um, dumping at the top, converting your larger bags if you're a whale to, to in this manner. And this will kind of um, make the chart look good so that when you buy back your Zeph, 
the odds that the crowd is going to come and jump in again and get that flywheel effect is higher. And because if you buy it back, you want the fucking thing to go up again, right? That's the idea. Do you want to make sure that, um, so anyway, it's more sort of a whale thing, I think more than anything, but, um, like right now you have $1,100,000 worth of liabilities showing on this uh, page, uh, based on the, the, um, like ZRS in this ecosystem is a liability. It is an IOU essentially. And that IOU is collateralized by the ZRS Zephyr, Zephyr Stable Reserve uh, token um, or the Zephyr Reserve share, it's called. Um, so that's how that works. Um, the other thing is like, let's say we get to the some local top and a whole bunch of people decide to convert to ZRS, I'm sorry, ZSD. Another side effect that could happen is you might find that the the collateral ratio or the reserve ratio might go down. Right now it's like we're 1900% over collateralized. It has to drop below 800% for you to be able to convert your ZEF to ZRS share, ZRS token. Why would you want that? It's because that has the, um, you, you get accrual fees, the fees accrued from the network, um, from all the different trades and whatever. Um, it's almost like being a miner. You, you, you basically get yield from this thing. So the value of the um, the the ZRS is you know going to be different than it is for ZEF. So right now, one ZRS token is one point two four ZEF. So that gives you an idea of how that works. So what you can do is, if the reserve ratio were to change, and the the reserve drops below eight hundred percent, then you can convert to ZRS. And if you're going to be a long term holder. You want as much ZRS as possible because it actually makes quite a lot of money. Just to, as a reference point, the why is the ZRS rate 1.2 ZEF? It's because the value of ZRS goes up over time because that's how that's where the yield goes. So the actual yield is wrapped into the price of that. So over the course of the last summer till now, ZRS has increased in value by 25% on top of whatever ZEF is worth. Right, that's the reason why you'd want ZRS tokens. So this is another flywheel effect. It's one of those things where it's like um, because people want the ZRS token because the yield is so good. When the collateral you know, collateral ratio um, changes, then you're going to have people that want to convert to that. When are they most likely going to want going to have this happen? It's going to happen when a huge number of people convert to um, Zephyr Stable Dollar, and that could happen at a local top. So let's say Zephyr runs to four hundred dollars. It's worth a billion dollar market cap, and I need to like convert my gigantic fucking bag. You know, now it's worth a lot at that level. I need to convert it to ZRS. That's going to result number one in fees that go to the holders of the. I'm sorry. When I want to convert to ZSD, I keep saying the wrong thing. It's going to get create fees that go into the ZSD, um, the ZRS holders' hands, and then um, the uh, um, the collateral ratio will drop at that time because the amount of stable dollar that gets printed requires more of the ZRS. So that's one time where you might be able to get ZRS tokens is when a lot of people are converting all at once. Um, is that going to happen to where, you know, like the reserve ratio is so um, affected that that will happen at the top? I don't know, but it's a possibility and I definitely watch for it. The other place that you wind up getting the opportunity to get ZRS is when the coin price of Zephyr drops a lot. And you saw this happen when Zephyr dropped to like 10.50 or whatever. Some of us was, were able to actually convert our 
uh, Zephyr over to ZRS during that time because the collateral ratio dropped below 800%. It only did that for a brief period of time. So like we clearly demonstrated this last session, this last correction, that besides the fact that we did an 80% correction, we noticed that basically when the collateral ratio drops below 800%, the appetite for people to convert for ZRS is very high. Meaning you have to be fucking awake watching the thing and like spamming the <laughs> spamming the conversion button and even then it's kind of hard um to get it so i got like freaking just nine zrs shares after doing all that trouble so i find it very difficult to get zrs um you know conversions um in at any time right now it's not going to happen because we have a 1900 percent reserve ratio and based on moving average ratio it's like 1680 percent or 1,680% reserve ratio, you're not going to be able to convert right now, obviously, because we're too over-collateralized. So, um, and so, but all of this is an important thing, and how much ZSD gets printed in this process is really important to know, because if you know that a lot of people are using that mechanism instead of using the sell mechanism on MEXC or something, um, that can be a good thing. Um, it, it implies that those are people that are probably going to convert back to Zeph and are going to be long-term holders and stay in the ecosystem. So you look at the entire assets and liabilities of the ecosystem currently, um, spot prices, assets are worth $20,800,000, um, and the total liabilities are worth $1.1 you know, with a relative equity of $19,700,000. So you can get all this data on the, the network.zephyrprotocol.com page. And I definitely familiarize yourself with this if you have any amount of significant money in Zephyr so that you can understand how to best utilize the, uh, the game theory of this thing. Um, anyway, so the, the main thing is when you have, like, let's say we have a giga pump and price of Zephyr goes to $52, like within the next four days, like I was guessing. If that were to occur, the moving average price is going to lag behind quite a bit compared to spot price. It may be off by, you know, um, you know, up to 10% or more, right? Like it is now. And if that's the case, you have to decide what's the best way for you to convert. Is it better for you to take your Zeph, go to ZSD? Um, is it better to go to a centralized exchange and take Zeph and go to ZSD? That could be interesting as well, especially if there's a lot of ZSD being sold on the market on a central exchange and the price of ZSD is actually lower than it should be. It's depegged. If it's depegged, you definitely want to like you def definitely get a benefit by getting it when it's lower than you know. So when ZSD is worth less than a dollar, so that's another trick you can use is if you go to those exchanges, you'll look look at your ZSD rate on any of the exchanges that have it, and then you might be able to um, play there. In order to do all that shit, it's a good idea if you have a lot of Zephyr to get truly a account at every exchange that has Zephyr on it, like no KYC, Trade Ogre. CoinX or somebody like basically who anybody and anyone you can get an get an actual um, account with you would want to do so because then you can find the best arbitrage for um, trading in and out of these things. Um, let's see what else can you do here. So um, yeah, the big thing to be aware of is when there's a rapid movement in price, the moving average price is going to be lower than the spot price more substantially, and you'll get kind of a slippage like effect. And you might lose 10% of your, your valuation that way if you do that. So um, that can be good or bad, depending. If you have a small bag, you just want to sell, go to regular exchange, sell it. Who cares? No problem. Now, the other thing that's going to happen is Zephyr swapped um, 
is going to be opening. And um, the, the, some of the guys have been working on that. Uh, essentially kind of like um, my understanding is kind of like a, a community uh, thing. Um, if you go to zephswap.io, you'll notice that there's like the ability to swap between, um, well, let's go from Zeph to the other direction. So if you want to go out of Zeph, you can go to Bitcoin, ETH, Litecoin, and ZSD. Again, if you want to maintain privacy, the thing to do here would be to create a new wallet for Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Litecoin, and use that to make conversions. Um, it'll be interesting to see also, depending on how much liquidity is provided on this swap mechanism, like what kind of slippage you're going to face on this particular method to swap out. And that could get, um, we'll find out more about that once um, liquidity is posted and you can actually do some um, sort of like transaction test to see what kind of slippage you're going to get. So typically like, uh, 2% or less slippage is pretty decent for a relatively illiquid system. Um, maybe it'll be better, maybe it'll be worse, I don't know. But that's going to be another option to convert from Zephyr to a stable coin. And um, like uh, something to consider uh, in terms of strategic uh, strategy here. But remember, to keep privacy, you'd want to just spin up a new wallet and transfer to that. Like if you're going to convert to Bitcoin, to ETH, to XMR or whatever. And I think for some reason on the swap page and Zeph God can maybe check this, but it's sort of like a, it's not a real functioning one. It's like a more of a demo thing, but on the send amount XMR is, I'm sorry, on the, the yeah, send amount, there's an XMR listed, but on the receive amount, there's no XMR. So it's like the pools don't look right. But anyway, I'm sure they'll fix all that shit as we go. You'd like to be able to ultimately be able to swap between XMR and Zeph and, um, be able to move them at at, le at your leisure. Um, where you might want to swap to XMR instead of a stablecoin might be one you want to like maintain absolute privacy. Two, you might want to sell that XMR at some point somewhere or trade it somewhere. Um, there's there's more places to swap XMR at the moment, um, and you might um, like uh, find that XMR's price is low for some reason. So if its price is low and your ZEF has gone up, you might want to trade to it just as a trading instrument too. So are the difference between the two and if one's gone up and the other one's gone down, great, you might be able to play it. Um, anyway, so there's there's options there as far as like direct trades. Zeph God said his message that security audits finished tomorrow, Zephyr swap opening for testing swaps with small amounts in the next few days, updates will be coming. So they're kind of working on that that system at the moment, and um, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a useful tool if it turns out to work well. Um, just like main thing is decide on, um, like the the main thing is basically, um, like understand all these different mechanisms, get all your tools ready in terms of how to move in and out of things, and then. Um, like and then you know decide what you're going to do from a trading perspective. Um, I think like mm, I've run these spaces with the intention that it's not like oh we're all going to be diamond handed you're going to hold forever. I, I think people should buy and sell whatever the fuck they want when they want, and um, that's your business, right? Like so, if you know if you need if you want to know how to do it because you know everyone's like desires and des decisions as far as how what they need to sell and when is their own their own problem. Um, I don't think it's like the Zephyr crowd is a much more 
sort of like crypto savvy crowd. And um, like, you know, talking like a bunch of retards, like doesn't really help anybody. <laughs> I think people are going to be more likely to join the Zephyr Club if they find that we're all hardcore uh, crypto people and traders and know what the fuck we're doing as opposed to, um, you know, just some kind of pumpers or some bullshit. Uh, and really long term, you're likely to see much better price action if uh, the community is perceived as being serious. Um, so I think like, uh, you know, you know, providing rational advice is fine. If people can follow it. People don't have to do it, follow it, whatever. I don't care. Uh, but um, um, what I'm going to do, I think, is um, uh, I'm a little skeptical doing a bull market of doing a whole lot of trading in and out of tokens. Now, understanding full well that like in, in altcoin space, you can sell almost anything and buy it back 10% lower. The odds of that happening are so high that, I mean, intraday we move 10% plus or minus a lot of the times, right, in alts. But why are, you, why are we here? We're obviously here because we want to be early in a lower market cap thing. And we want to be fairly certain our bag is going to go up without fucking it up. And the way you do that on small market cap things is generally just not don't touch your shit. Um, no matter how tempting it seems, like, I could have gone and sold at 52 bucks or whatever. My bag went from like, I bought it five or six bucks initially. I was up quite a bit. I would have done great if I had done so and just waited and then like bought back. I could have done that, but I wasn't sure if we were going to go to 50 bucks or we're going to go to 100 or we're going to go to like what in the initial pump. And so deciding like the problem is when you don't know exactly how high you're going to go, unless you're just taking profit to exit and you're just going to leave forever, that's a different thing. You don't know where you're going to drop back down to. So, for example, if we went to $100 effort, maybe we would have only dropped back down to $37 effort. In which case, had I sold at 25 bucks, thinking I was going to buy back, I would not have been able to, right? You don't know this on the way up. You can make up any theories in your head about what you're going to do and why you're going to do it, but you won't know for sure. So I didn't touch my Zephyr. I left it alone, and then I bought again at 30 all the way down to around 11 bucks. Um, added more on the way down. Um, so my average now is probably closer to like 19 or something. So I'm pretty sure all of my coins are in the green now. Um, I haven't even calculated what the actual uh, P&L is on it, but I'm, I'm ahead by a little bit, but not by a lot. And, um, you know, when this thing goes up, like let's say to FIB levels, $80, 102, 142, whatever these are, um, typically you'll run a few FIB levels on these small market cap coins over the prior high. That's why I think if we hit like four FIB levels above four FIB extensions this time, that'll get us about 250 bucks, which is also 5x off the previous top. It's about right um, in terms of destination. So then it's like, okay, what am I going to do? If we make it quickly to that level, let's say we run past 50 and then within a few weeks we're you know running past 200 um, and we're getting to that level, I will probably, in my mind, like I've been planning this out, is I'll probably, even if the moving average price hasn't caught up, I'll probably just convert some of mine to ZSD at that point and, um, you know, like, mm, you know, con convert to that and then give it, give it a little bit of time. The odds that from like, if we run to 250, the odds of a pullback are much better. Um, so maybe we'll pull back to 100 or something, or maybe we'll pull back to 80, something like that. So I think that would be very, very typical. Go look at a CASPA chart if you want to, like, you know, study what that looks like. But big pumps with big retracements are common. Um, our first retracement is about 80%. Um, 
if we run up um, like really high, then the retracement will be more. If we don't run up as much compared to previous high, the retracement will be less. So let's say, for example, we get to $100 effort and then we pull back. We may only get back to $75 effort, which would be a 25% retracement from there, right? Or something like that. But that's, that's the reason I think we will pass 100. The retracement doesn't look right on the chart if we only get to 100. It's weird. So that's why I'm thinking like 140 to 250 would make a sort of normal looking chart. And then when you pull back from 250, you could pull back to, you know, like even 100 and you'll be above the previous high uh, by about a 2x. So that would make sense to me visually on these these things. I don't know for sure what's going to happen, but my thought is that like if I'm going to gamble, it's like if I'm going to, if we go up really fast above 200, then I'll convert uh, some and then maybe try to buy back, convert back later. If we um, if we go really slowly, like let's say we get to 50 and then we drag and then we go to 80 and then we drag and then 100, we go slowly, then I'm just going to leave everything alone. Because the more consolidation you do, the more like risky it becomes to try to like sell and then buy back lower, if that makes sense to everybody. Like a fast run up, more retracement, slow run up, less retracement, very harder, to, much harder to pick timing on um, when to buy back and all that shit. So um, that's where, like, uh, if you believe that, you know, you know, it's like the Matrix thing. If you believe, as I do, <laughs> like that uh, Matrix, uh, like that we'll reach, you know, 1 billion plus market caps, which, by the way, in a bull market is really easy to do, generally speaking, then, you know, does it really matter if you plus or minus trade your way to some, you know, better winnings? Um, or is it better to just, like, allocate now and call it a day? Because we're still at a fairly high volume support area for Zephyr. It's not a bad buy even now. Um, like I said, I bought it as high as 30. So that, that'll give you an idea of what I've, I was willing to pay for it. But like, if you're thinking of this at like 400 to $1,200, $1,200 would be like, I think, I forget what the exact market price would be at um, 3 billion market cap, but it's like 12 to $1,400. I forget the exact number. Anyway, because um, I think we have more coins now. We have like 3 million coins or so. Um, so look at those numbers. But basically, um, if you believe we can go to, you know, 400 plus, then like exactly whether you bought it at 22 or 30 or 19 or whatever is all water under the bridge for the most part. You were always just guessing anyway. It's not like anyone really knows exactly how low something's going to go or whatever. Just take a position, wait. And um, I think like around three to 400 is um, a good initial target. So um, yeah. And, and how long does it take to get to those levels? Eh, like look at Caspa, good education right there. Um, you know, a couple of years and it's reaching like nothing to about 4 billion. Um, could we reach from nothing to 1 billion? Maybe we're not as popular as Casper. Maybe we are. Who the fuck knows, right? Like like that, that all remains to be seen. But, uh, and maybe we don't, you know, get as many exchanges as Casper does. All those things, right? We, haven't, we don't know for sure. But let's say we only get to a quarter of that. The beauty of where we are in Zephyr early enough is that we're early enough that doesn't give, we don't have to give a fuck like. Like, you know, if you're, if you're in at less than hundred million market cap and the thing goes to a billion, you're at a good 10 X at that point. And when you look at the Z, the Zap Z, the ZSD mechanism where you can like do this and then convert back, you could definitely on a big pullback, you could definitely like double your, not double your bag, but like, you know, like probably up your bag by 50%. Um, if you, if you play your cards, right. So I think there's a lot of opportunities within the ecosystem with the game theory of this conversion mechanism. And the other interesting thing is like everyone knows how much ZSD has been printed uh, because you can see that on the network page. 
But what nobody can see is who is doing what exactly. You don't know if the team did it. You don't know if individuals did it because all the privacy network. And I think that's really good because like, let's say the team has to sell some. All right, fine. Let them sell some. But like, you know, it's not a source of FUD because someone can't point to the blockchain and say, oh, by the way, so-and-so sold. And fuck it. Let them sell. Like, who cares? No one's going to know if you sold either for that matter, um, which is kind of cool. Um, someone did a, was doing a giveaway on uh, um, on Twitter. They're like, hey, we're, you know, if you I get a certain number of followers, I'll give you 50 bucks in, in Zeph or $50 in uh, ZSD or whatever, which is kind of cool because like um, people can provide a privacy address. You can make as many addresses as you want with your wallet, by the way, if you go to the wallet page, uh, you can print, you can create a new wallet that's completely private if you don't want anyone to know your primary wallet address and you can receive funds on that, which is kind of cool. So I think it's good for like um, all of these Twitter accounts, it's probably not a bad idea to do some giveaways um, like for Zephyr Swap and whatever. Uh, maybe like there's like a trick, like you have to go to the site and maybe, you know, get a code word off of there or some shit and like post it on Twitter or something like that, you know, some proof that you went there or something, you know, just whatever. And, and then like, just throw some money around. Um, Cause like, if you think about it, if a bunch of new people show up because you throw away, throw out free money, um, then you'll have a lot of new wallet users. And a lot of times people that get airdrops and free shit, they end up, they end up, sorry, they end up going and buying some of the coin. So any of you guys have Twitter accounts that want to do like little mini giveaways, it'd be a good thing. And you won't be, no one's going to be able to tell what wallet it was sent from anyway. Because uh, you can basically spin up your own, um, like, you know, the 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 sending wallet is not, is basically obfuscated anyway. So you can do that. Um, you know, or you can just simply make an extra wallet, uh, send a little bit of coin there, and then send from that to other people. And that way, if you want to gift people zephyr or to your friends and family or whatever it is you can send them some so yeah when you're zeph rich and you, and zephyr's at 400 plus bucks and you want to convert a little to zsd send some to your friends and family um that'll get them into the ecosystem because they have to go and figure out the wallet they have to go how to sell it on exchange whatever it is and um uh it can be a good experience for people like that haven't been in the ecosystem to actually use the system so it's kind of like tipping almost um which is a common practice for early bitcoin um people would get a few satoshis here and there and just send them all over the place and all you had to do is provide a bitcoin address and next thing you know you got some free bitcoin um that was a common common practice so not a bad thing for zephyr to do anyway um so yeah i think like uh i think so right now it's kind of buckle up based on the the last time Zeph ran past its resistances. Um, we were, I mean, like past this price range, you know, we made it to, you know, we made it to a all time high within about a week. So I think by next weekend, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we were at the all time high again. Um, again, not, not financial advice, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just making shit up as I go, right? Like I just have a thesis, I have a theory. And I'm sort of riding that. So I think um, we're not too far away from being too late. Um, that's not to say that, you know, buying all-time highs isn't necessarily going to work for some people. Uh, all-time high breakouts in a bull market have a probably 80% likelihood or more of actually continuation. Um, and there's not really anywhere you can short a Zephyr at the moment, I don't think. So that makes it pretty easy to do breakout trading here. So um some people always want to wait for the breakout. They're like, I don't, I don't care about all these scam wicks. I don't know if, 
you're going to break resistance or not. I will buy it only if it goes to all-time high. Like BTC hits all-time high and breaks, I'm going to buy it then. Same idea. You could do that here as well. But I think here at these levels, we're relatively early. I think anything less than 30 bucks for Zephyr, it'd be construed as cheap in my opinion. Uh, and it's also where the the another way to look at this is, okay, like where did most people buy their Zephyr? The vast majority of Zephyr's volume over the past months and, and, and um, you know, the, the amount of cash traded in Zephyr over the past months, the biggest amount traded was um, like in cash value was at the $17 level. Uh, next level up would be the 19 to $20 level. And the next level up would be like where we are now. This is sort of like the bulk of the volume of, of coin traded. So if you say to yourself, like, okay, what is the likelihood if I buy at 20 bucks, I 20 bucks, I want a 10x or something. So that makes sense for it to run to 200 bucks as well. So I think that initial target, 200, 250, it's a good place to, that's a good expectation. It would be a pretty like simple fractal on the chart as well to go to the 250 range. And, um, I think that would look really solid. Anyway, but just some thoughts. If anyone wants to hop up, ask any questions, whatever, uh, feel free. Um, but uh, that's kind of the the theory here. Um, what else? Um, yeah, the the other coin that is looking uh, quite solid, by the way. Um, like, uh, of course, I have plenty of Chainlink. It's basically working on a bullish flag breakout at the moment. Um, like it has been running between like almost $21 and pulled back to about 19. It's just been running sideways in that range. Um, Chainlink's got a really narrow band range and almost like every dip is getting bought. And I think some of this is Sergey and the gang selling. Like, you know, like Chainlink has to sell to run their operation. And um, that's been a criticism of Chainlink, but the flip side is during a bull market, what the fuck are they doing selling? Like <laughs> that's actually good bullish distribution if early in the bull market they're selling, because that means that um, you and I can get access to relatively cheap coin for a longer period of time. So um, I think it's fine. Uh, but uh, like, I think if we, you know, just judging by the progression, We've had a pretty good uptrend starting at like 17 bucks on February 1st. And we we are now at like $20. It's been a steady, steady sort of uptrend, which is very bullish looking. And eventually you'll get an impulse move off of one of those, um, you know, off of that chart. And um, when's that going to be? I don't know. I think it's quite feasible. It could happen anytime, like like any moment, literally. Um, and you could, you could break out of this flag and you could possibly just run straight to that $30. $31 level. And uh, that would not be too surprising to have happen uh, in like a month time frame. Uh, the other thing about Chainlink's chart is that um, if you basically just pull up the number of days, I've mentioned this before over and over again, it's just really simple. Last time Chainlink was at $4 and whatever, 73 cents, which was our low for the bear market. Last time that happened was back in summer of 2020. And how many months did it, how many days did it take to go from $4.73 up to its high of $53? It took 308 days. Um, if you do the exact same sort of box, you draw that on the current price action. We were at Chainlink at um, 
$4 and you know, 80 cents or whatever. We were at that in summer of 2023. So that's in June. So we are uh, most of the way there. Um, Like how many more days we have left the, if we follow that exact same pattern to get to prior high, we are on prior high of chain link by April 11th or so. That puts us at um, just, you know, under a couple of months away to go from about 20 bucks to $53. That's a really, really reasonable time period. Um, if you can't, if you don't believe it can happen, like, well, it's already happened. So there's not really much to believe. Like, you know, it can happen uh, just by pure, pure, like, um, history. Um, you could argue that there's more chain link in circulation now than there was before, blah, blah, blah. But really, there's a lot more people paying attention to crypto now, too. So it's quite possible that it could, it could run even faster. And um, BTC is at a much higher level now. And there's much more liquidity in the market now than the last time when Chainlink was at um, $4.70. So you could really, really run. So I think um, like uh, Chainlink could go like parabolic quite quickly and start, you start seeing running. Once, once it starts, you're going to have a hard time catching a bid. It's at 20 right now. Fib level for it is at 21. And it, you're basically in like, very much the buy zone for Chainlink. Anything under 20 bucks for Chainlink, I think, is a... Um, relative steel. Um, we are only like a 4X off the bottom, which was at $4.70. Plenty of plenty of upside in a bull market for it. And it has kind of a perfect chart. Um, you know, will it dump again to 16 or something? Maybe, maybe, but like, I don't know. It's like there's been, there, there was like three months in that range where you had an opportunity to buy. And if you've missed that, I think we're still okay right here at 20 bucks. Um, yeah, once it goes to its next moves, which would be like to all-time high, then you're going to start seeing some chop. Like you're going to see some resistance, some high volatility. Um, the risk-return ratio there becomes like obviously more dubious the higher the price goes. So if you're going to mess with Chainlink, I would do it relatively early. Um, and I think we're still relatively early. Um, the Link BTC chart got a pullback because... Um, Link dip, dipped a little bit from $21 to about 20 and Bitcoin ran a little bit during that time as well. But, you know, it's got a nice pullback there. So the Link BTC chart looks ready to absolutely explode. I think if we run to all-time high or higher very quickly within the next three months for Chainlink, then that chart will fill in very quickly. Um, it's one of the few projects in the world um, that have a potential to beat BTC on the um, cycle two sort of chart. Um, Ethereum has done it. Let me see what Sol BTC looks like real quick to see if it actually accomplished a beat. It did not yet. So of course, last year, last season, it outperformed BTC. It has not broken past its BTC high on its Sol BTC chart yet. So I believe Solana and Bic, uh, Solana and Like, sorry, not Litecoin, Solana and Link appear to be the most likely to beat BTC uh, in terms of growth this cycle. Um, why do I say Link? Because like it's one of the most credible projects in all of crypto. That would be the reason it could potentially do it. Um, Solana obviously got mindshare and popularity, so it could probably beat as well. Um, but for Solana to reach its prior high, um, your, your multiple is not very good from here. Link's multiple is better here than Solana in terms of like return on investment, relatively speaking. Um, I think both will break their prior highs on the dollar chart. 
And I think it's quite probable that um, both can beat their prior highs on Bitcoin chart as well. So uh, definitely both looking good um, and um, watching those things pretty closely. Um, the newer charts like Zephyr, um, you don't really use, you know, you can use BTC chart for retracements and stuff, but it's not that important. Um, Kujira looks like it's consolidated pretty nicely. Zephyr, of course. Uh, yeah, and then FET, of course, is actually, looks like it's getting ready to break out here in a minute. So you might want to pay attention to that one if you're into that kind of trading. Um, let's see. Otherwise, I think that's pretty much everything to cover. If anyone wants to hop up, has questions, whatnot, we can keep this going for a little bit. Um, but, uh, yep. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I've seen too many new users in the space as far as uh, folks that are getting into Zephyr. But I've seen plenty of people tweeting and stuff and retweeting and stuff. That's good. Um, pretty much like the number of tweets and retweets you do equals how much your bag is going to go up. Period. End of story. So if you like, if if if, you, if no one actually participates, the so-called community, and you're not taking advantage of Web two advertising, which is essentially free use of platforms like, um, you know, free use of platforms like Twitter and YouTube or whatever, um, and then you don't be shocked if your number doesn't go up. Pretty much, I blame the community if it doesn't go up. Like, the project is good, the fundamentals are good, like the flywheel is good, and like if the community is not like spreading the word well then it won't go up that's it like that's how life works um and um remember crypto is all about attention it's about an attention economy and how many people you can reach so if you've reached 10 people and they've reached 10 each then it goes much quicker if you've only reached two people and they've only reached two each it's much slower so if you want really really aggressive viral adoption um like you you should really learn from what is the meme crowd doing do that too here what is the fundamentals crowd doing? Well, do that also here. Um, you know, what are people doing on the various, you know, platforms? You know, do that. Um, whatever works, do it. And um, you want to spread the word. But um, like something like Zephyr with such a low market cap, you know, can definitely do like 10, 20, 100x numbers. And therefore, uh, all that matters at that point is not so much whether the protocol works. It works fine. Uh, it's a question of how many people show up to to like. Who is the liquidity, the exit liquidity and the entrance liquidity over time? And um, the, the more people that show up and want to use the protocol long term, of course, that will set the new low for the new bear market next cycle. And um, hopefully our bear market low for Zephyr is somewhere in the, oh, I don't know, billion dollar range, right? Like if you can make it to three to five billion and then dump to one billion for a bear market, well, all of you win either way. So like that's what you want to see. Not so much that like you want your friends to be exit liquidity, even if you didn't like, like if you go to five and run back down to one, you're still rich. So don't worry about it too much. Um, you don't need to really, like overthink this stuff. Um, anyway, but yeah, the m more important is getting more people to adopt it than to get the perfect trade or whatever. Um, you know, cause like a protocol that nobody knows about is one that you know, most certainly your bag doesn't go up. So there you go. <laughs> like whatever the shill cartel is for any particular coin matters. Um, so, and, and, you know, the funny thing is on crypto Twitter, a lot of people are watching for that. They're like, huh, what, what coins are getting a lot of, um, you know, getting a lot of tweets and retweets, which ones are getting a whole bunch of likes, which ones, which posts regarding this are getting a lot of engagement from new people, which posts are, um, 
is does nobody care about or whatever? Um, what kind of FUD are people spreading? Oh, okay, there's not a lot of FUD. Okay, great. Um, so that's the, like, I think metrics people subconsciously look at when they're following all these different posts on Twitter and uh, kind of be aware of that when you're posting things. Uh, really, the more fun the community is, the better. Um, usually negativity doesn't really help very much, uh, you know, unless you're rage posting about something. Uh, like negativity can be good for followers. Like if you FUD some project that crashes or something and you make fun of them or something, then the, you know, rage farming can get you followers, but they're not the followers you want. <laughs> like you, you don't really, it doesn't really benefit you much. Um, most of those are people that are largely poor for the most part who are just griping about something. So you wind up getting those people following you. If you want people that are sort of like wealthier following you, the way you do it is basically just high information. Um, you know, like be largely in an education mode as opposed to anything else. Anyway, um, okay. Well, if I think everyone must be busy or something because uh, no one's wanting to hop up, but uh, if anyone has any other questions, hop up. Otherwise, um, I'm going to sort out some Saturday evening dinner or something here and <laughs> go, go for a drive. Um, otherwise, uh, happy hunting everybody uh good luck with the zephyr swap opening guys if you guys are you know out there building that uh, hopefully that goes smoothly and you have your audits and everything ironed out last thing we need is a fucking disaster there <laughs> people get yeah, last thing we need is a source of fud right now it's actually more important not to have fud than it is to have an exchange actually honestly at the moment so be super super careful with that stuff and um like i don't know do everyone proud <laughs> as it were um Okay, well, cool. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. Uh, we'll do something else maybe tomorrow. We'll see if we'll have another party if Zephyr pumps tonight. Be fun. All right, catch you later, guys. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down days got them acting all bankless. Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this bear, flexing broken honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knotters, and then to end a long day, eleven bowls of chronic. Never known the politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity. Before they hit rock bottom over the impossible loss It's all moss and I'm liking the odds Bond doing the morning forming mycological bonds Click the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management 
management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be dumbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Ten spaces.